Hello, and welcome to Firsts. I'm your host, Lisa Curiel-Parker, and this is a podcast about first times that range from your first one-night stand to your first psychedelic. It's full of stories from people around me, friends, family, strangers on the street, whoever wants to come in and talk. Hopefully, my guests and I can make you think, cry, and maybe even laugh a little. Today's topic is first time living in the United States. Well, being born in the U.S., I can't really give much opinion on this, but with the recent election going on and our results, I don't think I'm going to stay here for very long. Hopefully my guests can give you a little more optimistic view about living in the U.S. and their upbringing. Hinda is now a proud American, but she sure misses the food back at home. Well, we came to the United States when I was about four, so that was in 1995, I believe. That was when we started living in the United States permanently. I got the flu the first week I was here, threw up all over our rental car. My dad was not happy. And about a month later, I asked my mom when we were going back. <laughs> and she was like, we're not. We're, we're living here. And so that was a huge adjustment for me because as a kid, I did not understand what moving meant. And apparently I was very sad about it for a while, which is ironic because I'm not sad that I'm here now. Started school. I did not know English. That was a little rough for some of my teachers. Like I went to preschool. My teacher didn't really know how to interact with me because I didn't know what she was saying. So she would just have me like really like wear like things like clean stuff up and whatnot instead of actually like I guess trying to teach me a language. Eventually I learned English as you can tell since I'm talking to you in English. But that was a little rough because I didn't really know what was going on. Elementary school was also a little rough. I got made fun of a lot for my name because it's very foreign. And apparently <laughs> foreigners are not very, well at least at that time were not very accepted at where I was living. So I was treated pretty poorly for the years that I was there. But <laughs> it was it's also interesting to grow up in a household that comes from a different culture. I grew up with two Christmases. I would, we would celebrate St. Nicholas on the 5th, and then we would celebrate Christmas on the 25th. So that was really cool to always have those two different celebrations. We celebrate King's Day every April, where we just wore outrageous amounts of orange and we celebrate the current well it was queen's day then now it's king's day um where you celebrate whoever the monarch is in power of the country and that's a lot of fun they don't have very much power there's more they're more of a figurehead but still a lot of fun uh you celebrate their birthday so his birthday is april 27th i believe so that's when we're that's when everybody goes crazy I grew up with a lot of different values. I kind of grew up with more European values than American values. At the same time, though, I also have a lot of American values as well. Just because so when you're here from the time that you're four to the time that you're 25, you know, it rubs off. <laughs> California was a breath of fresh air. Being foreign was something that made you unique and special here that people really we're really interested in getting to know you and your culture, where you like what your culture is all about. People loved know like finding out what my name meant. Um, I thought my name was very interesting. Like when I said it in Dutch, they just they're so they're so accepting and so welcoming, and that was just such a difference from where I was. It was a lot warmer here because I came from a state that had a lot of seasons. <laughs> you know, when you go from 
a six month snow winter where you literally cannot leave your house because it's like negative 20 degrees outside to a California winter where it is 75 degrees outside and it's, you know, perfect. Um, it's actually really nice. So sometimes I do miss the snow, but I'm happy that we don't get the snow the way we used to. Ooh, fits. Oh, the fits. <laughs> You miss Dutch food, let me tell you. Even if you're not Dutch and you go to Amsterdam, you're gonna miss Dutch food. It is good. So they, some of my favorites are kroketten and bitterballen, which are essentially like, I don't know, little meat pastries in a weird way. They like, kind of like a great version of a hot dog. It's like they mix up all this meat and some other stuff that I don't really wanna know about. And then they put bread around it and it tastes magnificent. And it is so good. The Dutch pancakes are really good. My mom makes those for me all the time. I eat them like crazy. Droop waffles, uh, though I can now buy those here at Annenberg, which is fantastic. Black licorice, which everyone thinks is disgusting, but if you grow up with that, it is the most delicious thing on this earth. So much better than Twizzlers. <laughs> The Dutch are very connected with Indonesian culture. At one point in the Dutch history, Indonesia and the Netherlands had a very long history with each other, so they have the Indonesian culture is a huge influence in the Dutch culture. And so uh, mom always makes like Indonesian rice tables, bami, marinated, like weird marinated pork that's really good. Um, and she gets all of these spices at the Dutch American stores that are located in California. Um, one's in Bellflower and one is in Ontario and they have all the Dutch food that you can ever imagine. So it's kind of nice because even though, you know, when we do go to Holland and we go there often, <laughs> we take an empty suitcase where we fill it all up with Dutch food. We can also go buy it at these stores in a place that we live, which I think is a really unique thing because I don't, there's not Dutch stores everywhere. It's, it's something somewhat unique to California. I think my parents miss the people and they miss, they miss the environment and they, I'm sure they miss the food, but, and we of course miss family because all of our family's out there. We've all kind of really come to love living in the United States and I don't think any of us could really imagine going back to the Netherlands and living there. America has truly become our home over the last 20, 21 years that we've been here. So as much as we miss our culture, we, I don't think we would ever live there, but we definitely make sure to keep it thriving in our household. Um, we all speak Dutch. We celebrate all the Dutch holidays in our household. There's actually a really vibrant Dutch community in Los Angeles. Um, so there's huge events, like uh, every April, there's a huge King's Day celebration. Uh, the last two years has been taking place on the Santa Monica Pier. And all of these like random Dutch people that you would not realize are in California, just like thousands of them, come to this event. And it's just wonderful to be able to celebrate a holiday like away from home with so many uh, other Dutch people. We also celebrate St. Nicholas on the 5th as a Dutch community. My dad actually founded two Dutch schools. Well, he helped found one, he founded the other. He founded a Dutch school in Illinois because he didn't want my siblings and I to lose our language. And so he actually created a Dutch school there. 
And then he helped found the one that is in West Hollywood here. There's actually a Dutch school that every Saturday for like five hours, kids are learning Dutch, learning about the culture, learning the language, learning the grammar. I don't know. I think that it sounds kind of corny and cliche, but I really just love saying either I love you or hearing my name in Dutch because living here, of course, my name has gone translated. And so a lot of people don't say my name the way it's actually pronounced. And so sometimes hearing it in like the Dutch language is kind of nice. And then just the, I just love the way I love you sounds in Dutch. It's like how, it, it's like how fun you. I also love it when you have to roll your G's in Dutch because it is something you have to do in the language. So like anytime you say like good morning, for example, would be goeiemorgen. You kind of have to like roll your G's and people always tell me I sound like I'm throwing up when I'm speaking the language. I'm not, I'm just trying to you know, say good morning to you, so. <laughs> if ever sounds like I'm gagging, just think I'm saying good morning. We have Maureen here talking about the first steps she took off the plane in the U.S. So, I was born in the Philippines, and I moved to United States in 2005 spent most of my childhood there so my parents were very traditional and so they put me through private school with my siblings so I'm the oldest of three so I have a sister and a younger brother and we went to a private Catholic school so basically I spent most of my time there at school we learned like all the subjects that any you know, student would. But what was cool about it is because my principal or the dean of that school is actually American. And so I learned English going to school there. Like English was already part of my kind of daily language in addition to what I was learning at home and like the national language. So then a few years, like, you know, nine years, I was like nine years old. My dad was like, I'm gonna, so he has work transferred him to the United States and so he started working in the United States like 2000, 2000, like 2003, oh my gosh I messed up the timeline, but in 2003 my dad started working here in LA and then like flash forward basically the company that my dad works for which is actually a vet hospital um, offered him a full-time position so he was just like offered a job and so he decided that he was like I'm not gonna go home so you're gonna come here so then we moved to the states in 2005 I remember getting on the plane or just like it was a very hectic day my parents were or my mom was basically lugging around three children in the Philippine airport running around with our luggage um granted my mom is super panicky and so like even though we were two hours ahead of the flight she felt like there was 30 minutes and so we were basically running from terminal to terminal which is interesting because there's only one terminal there i remember the flight being so long it was like 15 hours like if you're a child like you need to like move around and so i remember being on the plane and like every three hours i would just walk up and down the aisle because i could not sit still i mean 17 hours that's like the entire day it was a long flight and i remember leaving the philippines and it was like early afternoon i got to the states in california i landed in lax with my sister brother and mom and it was like 9 p.m at night basically like four i went back in time basically because <laughs> the philippines is um eight hours ahead and so i landed and i was still it was very interesting. I left the 25th of March 
but I landed still the 25th of March, even though it was like 18 hours of flying. I remember getting off the plane and smelling the air. I don't even know if that's possible, but it was very crisp and cool. It was cold. Granted, I've been living in like a place where it's hot, tropical, and humid. And so maybe my nose was just really sensitive to the coldness. And also the funny part was that my sister was so excited. She actually tripped on the, um, the little door that get, when you when you get out of the plane, you know, there's that hallway before you get into the actual airport. So we were so excited that we were finally off the plane after like 17 plus hours. She did a little trip in the little um, walkway, and I was like, man, I can actually still remember her falling down because she was right in front of me. And it's something that we talk about, and it's just a funny moment in um, our transition here. And when I got here, so my parents decided to have an apartment in Santa Monica, so we lived there and it was the end of March so my parents decided not to enroll me into school so I did not attend school I actually was on a very extended vacation so I didn't go to school until September is when you guys start school because in the Philippines school ends in March and so my parents thought that it was best for us to move when my school year in the Philippines ended and then I would just pick up when everyone else decided to start school again I'm recalling a funny memory right now because I remember it was probably like a month into moving and it was still the school year, like it was like, I don't know, April. And my mother and I were at Third Street Promenade and one of the, I guess there's like the security guards, she asked my mom why her daughter, me, was not at school because it was a school day. I think it was like a Tuesday or something. It was like midday, I guess. Maybe they were just checking up if I was going to school. She asked my mom why I wasn't at school. And I mean, I didn't recall this, but my mom like told me this like, you know, years after because we were talking about something. And that's, that's what it was. Someone asked her, like the police or security asked her why I was in school. And my mom explained that, you know, we recently moved here and that um, I had just finished school in the Philippines and I wasn't starting until everyone else did. But yeah, so I started school like everyone else did in August and I was very excited. I mean, I thought I didn't have that much of a language barrier because I learned English was while I was already in the Philippines. And so, I mean, like my accent was still very strong. I had my, um, so the language I speak at home is called Ilongo, and it's like a dialect in the Philippines. So the national language in the Philippines is obviously Tagalog, but um, I learned that through school. But at home, it's a dialect that I speak, and so um, that's what I spoke at home. And so my accent was still very strong, but I could still, you know, I knew English. But I was very excited. My apartment, our apartment is actually the same block as elementary school that I went to. First day, I mean, like, it was like a two, 30 second walk to school. But my mom was like, we have to be there early. <laughs> we have to find your classroom. But I still remember what I was wearing, actually. I was wearing this, like, white long sleeve shirt with, like, a Barbie doll on it. Okay, how lame, right? But that was the shirt that I had. And I was wearing jeans. But I just remember sitting down, like, Miss Westmacott introduced me to the class. That I was basically a new student at Grant, and I was from the Philippines. Um, and so everyone was like, oh, be friendly, blah, 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 and all this. And um, I mean, I was nervous. 
granted, I was like, I didn't know any of these kids. And I mean, I knew English, but like these people were like on a roll. Like I felt like I was getting a nosebleed or something. Like they're too, they're speaking too quickly. But yeah, they were all very friendly. And lunchtime was always cool. Cause like I've never been in a super open lunch hall. Um, in the Philippines lunch hall, it's usually already like laid out tables with um, kind of silverware there. I went to our private school. And so like things were set up by, you know, the people that run the um, cafeteria kitchen area. And so, I mean, in the Philippines, we eat with actually like spoon forks and knives, not like finger food. Like I know here it's like lunches are usually sandwiches or like cut up fruit. But in the Philippines, like lunch is like with rice. And so can't just use our hands with that. And so there's always silverware, little bowls, because it's always meals that are always paired with rice and soup and then like an entree. PE was very different. Like everyone would go out and like play all these sports. In the Philippines, I feel like PE was a lot of group exercises. It's not really like people grabbing like a ball and like playing basketball or like playing soccer or baseball. I just like the sports aspect of things. You wouldn't see it outdoors in the Philippines except for soccer or something. When I saw people running around the track, I was like, man, that's really cool. Or they would play tag or something. And I mean, like, I, I don't know, tag wasn't really a thing when I grew up and I didn't and then like there's sports or like little games that people play what is it cowboys and indians or capture the flag I had no idea like what those things were and like I said earlier about it being cultural experience it's the overall environment was is an experience for me moving to Santa Monica super different from my hometown everyone's really close and one thing I do notice and to this day I still notice is the neighbor aspect in the Philippines everyone I want to say like a good 90% of people around the afternoon, um, once they come back from work or even just kids, they would go outside of their yards. Usually people in the Philippines have yards and front yards, not really backyards, but front yards. And when they would like plop a cow or like their little folding chairs and just put out snacks there. And it's like a lot of like community. It's a very communal aspect. Like, people would do it. It's not even like something that you would question like, oh, why are people sitting outside? It's just part of the culture there and people would just gather outside and it's like a pre-dinner catch-up with your neighbors almost and that's one thing I've noticed here that isn't something that's very evident like people just don't go it's actually one of the few things that I do miss sometimes because I recently went back to the Philippines this past summer and I kind of got to experience that all over again and I kind of forgot about it that that was a thing that happened yeah I was there for a month and is a pre-dinner catch-up really and people will just get their snacks you know pull out a beer or something and then their chips or nuts or whatever and they would just sit there for a good like two two and a half hours just to catch up with each other and it's almost like a daily thing in my head I'm like what can you catch up on we just saw each other yesterday but I feel like a lot of Filipino they're very gossipy they like chismosas chismosas and they just like to like it's a since it's like a neighborly thing people always talk about random things or just like what's going on in their family filipinos have a lot of extended family and so it's always the gossip it's always the titas asking so who is your next you know what is your next like i don't know like something just about like what is what are you doing next with your life kind of thing um or like who's your current boyfriend i'm like no tita no 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 you're not gonna ask me that question. When I went home, my ex was the sm- was more popular than myself because they asked me questions about like who I was dating. Watch out, guys! Don't go to the Philippines. They might ask you about your your current relationship status. But yeah, it's definitely family. Something that I miss. Food is something that I miss. 
Here's Ayesa talking about not having too many friends in the U.S., but that changes. So the first time I started living in the U.S., I moved here when I was six or seven. And I remember it was in elementary school. I didn't have a lot of friends. I think one of the most significant memories when I first moved here was after school, I was outside my house and the garage was open. I don't remember if I was either waiting for my parents or if I was riding my bike, but I think it was a few months after I had moved from the Philippines and I remember thinking in English for the very first time and that really freaked me out because I, I, I don't know, I, I guess you wouldn't think six or seven year olds think that way, but I guess they do in the sense that, you know, I felt like I was losing a part of my identity once I had moved to the U.S. It was just really scary. I would tell myself, you know, things in Tagalog like, Pinaika, oh, you know, like, you're, you're Filipina, you know, and then like I was trying to force myself to keep thinking in Tagalog, even though I was speaking English to my classmates and speaking in English to my teachers. And, you know, it was just really heartbreaking for me to kind of go through that transition where I was becoming more assimilated into the culture and thinking in English and because I thought that once I did that I would start thinking in a different way and that I'd lose a part of myself that meant a lot to me when I moved from the Philippines. First is me, Lisa Curia Parker. Today's guests include Maureen Banieres, who is a proud UCLA graduate, Ayesa Roses, who is a proud USC graduate, and and Hinda Cast, who is a proud USC student, totally repping colleges today. Thanks for listening to First. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did that much, please share with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, wherever, on the street, yell it out. I don't really care. At this point, my brain hurts from the election. I can't even tell you. If you have any comments, questions, or want to be on the show, please email podguestfirsts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay strong, America. Or just stay strong in general. Humanity. Oh, Hinda Rosmarine Dost. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Which no one gets right, so it's cool. It's cool. <laughs>